You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 305, The Solo Series. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of She Runs the Show. Cassandra with you here, episode 305. So I'm going to ask you a question today, and this is a question that uh, keeps coming up for me. And I have different answers every time I ask it, but the urgency of asking this question is something that keeps coming up. And as I ask this question and talk about this on this particular episode, I would love for you to consider the answers to this question, not simply in business, but in life, in personal relationships, friendships, family dynamics, exercise routines, fitness goals, you name it, any goal you've got in your life that for whatever reason you've been putting off for far too long. I won't get into the weeds of the months, years, or decades. But if you are listening to this and you find yourself in a space where you have wanted to pursue something or someone or something for a long period of time and have not gotten up the courage to actually go all in, I don't mean dip your toe, I mean, every piece of you go all in on it, then this is the episode for you to listen to. Because the question that I'm asking today, that I'm asking myself, that I'm asking you, that I'm asking anyone you share this podcast episode with, is this, how long will you wait? How long will you wait? This is a question I've been asking myself a lot in terms of, uh, the pursuit that I've had for nearly, geez, at this point, over 10 years of of wanting more children and having more children. And I've wanted this since I was probably 30. I didn't get really serious till probably 35-ish. I don't even know if I was super serious then, but needless to say, I'm currently 44. And in this moment, the question that I'm asking myself is this exact question in terms of having children in my 40s. And and this question applies to everything. It's not just about infertility or fitness or business or changing careers. How long will you wait? In other words, how long will you continue to half-ass on things? How long will you continue to follow your diet or nutrition two days out of a seven day week, but not go all in and do it every single day for the next year? How long will you wait to write that book, to start that podcast, to build that YouTube channel? How long will you wait to get your butt on match.com because you've been single for the last decade and meet the love of your life? How long will you wait to have children now that you've been married a couple of years and you keep thinking you need more money in your savings account before you feel ready to do that? How long will you wait sitting in a career that you hate and a job that you hate knowing a decade ago you wanted to change careers or start a business or begin a side hustle? How long will you wait? And even deeper than that on today's episode, I want to get into this whole concept of how long will you give other people to show up for you the way you deep down know they lack the capacity and or willingness to show up for you? Let me say that again. Really, really receive this question. How long, how much longer 
will you give other people to show up for you in the ways you've been asking, demanding, and begging for, for which deep down you know they lack the willingness and or capacity to do? How long will you wait on them before you do you? I'm going to ask that last part again. How long are you going to wait on them before you finally do you? And let me give you a quote that sparked this episode. It is by CCB. And CCB said, don't let anyone guilt trip you for having not waited around for them to get their act together and to get their problematic behavior corrected. You don't owe anyone years of your life in exchange for the decline of your mental and emotional health. Let me read CCB's quote again. Don't let anyone guilt trip you for having not waited around for them to get their act together and to get their problematic behavior corrected. You don't owe anyone years of your life in exchange for the decline of your mental and emotional health. And here's Let's get back to the question of the episode because we're going to go there. And and if you're listening to this, I know you were meant to hear it. And if you're sharing this with somebody and they listen to this, they're meant to hear it. But I really want this to, well, it's not that I want it to hurt, but I want it to sink in. And if that requires a little bit of uneasiness and discomfort in the process, well, then all the all the better. Because a lot of us are avoiding this question of how long am I going to wait? before I really pursue my thing, before I really do me, before I really go after what I want. before And I don't mean 50%. I don't mean dipping your toe in the water. I don't mean even going mostly all in. I mean giving it every single thing you've got. How long will you wait? And here are the five points I want to talk about in today's episode, because this applies to life and business. And if you find yourself in a space where you are living a lukewarm life, where you are sitting on the fence, where you know that there are decisions that need to be made and business that needs to be handled and things that need to be cleared up and cleared out of your life so you can open the space to more. This episode is for you because you are sitting waiting, even though you make it look like you're doing something. You might be taking a little DMA, daily massive action, but if you aren't all in, you are. there's a part of you that's still waiting. Hello. It's about going all in to the thing you want, the thing you want to pursue. And even 80% of you is still 20% of you waiting. How long do you want that 20% to continue to wait? So let's go there. Five points. Point number one, never make your life's goals contingent on someone else's change. Took me a long time to learn this one. Okay. When I tell you long time, decades, took me decades. So if you're 20 something listening to this, thank goodness you're listening now. Don't take decades. Point number one, never make your life's goals contingent on someone else's change because Tracy McMillan, who is what I consider kind of like a therapist, except not a therapist, does a lot of really great work on relationships in the world. She said in one of her Instagram videos, people do what they want to do and don't do what they don't want to do. Let me say Tracy McMillan's words again. People do what they want to do, and they don't do what they don't want to do. It's really simple. So if you are making your life goals contingent on someone else being different in your life, you are turning all of your power over to them. What if they never change? 
What if they're not capable of change? What if they choose that they like the way they are? And over here you are with your life goals contingent on their change. No, no, no. Never make your life's goals contingent on someone else's change. Point number two, if you don't honor your needs by meeting them, nobody else will. One of the questions that I ask myself on a, on a daily basis now, it's taken me a long time to get to this place, but I ask myself every morning, Cassandra, what do you need? What do you need? Cassandra, what do you need? And not because I need to go ask anybody else to meet that need, but because if I don't know what my needs are, I have no ability to meet them. And it is my job to meet my needs. So when I'm asking the question, how long will you wait? What I'm also asking you is how long are you going to wait on somebody else to meet your needs when you are fully capable of meeting them yourself? And point number two, if you don't honor your needs by meeting them, nobody else is going to, right? A quote, there's a quote that I found the other day that said, treating your needs like they're important teaches other people that they are. Well, how is anybody going to know that your needs are important if A, you don't even know what they are and B, you you don't even meet them for yourself? See, a lot of people are walking around feeling resentful and bitter and um, unfulfilled and um, depleted because they feel like they are everything to everyone else but themselves. And then nobody else is checking in on them. Nobody else is fulfilling their needs. Nobody else is doing for them. Well, well, hold the presses. Number one, what are you doing fulfilling everybody's needs before your own? Let's start there. Number two, if you're feeling depleted and resentful, and you're feeling some kind of way about how you overextend yourself for, for other people, why don't you take some of that energy back and give it to yourself so you can meet your own needs? Because at the end of the day, treating your needs like they're important teaches others that they are. You teach through your example. And what example are you setting when you do everything for everybody? You're over here resentful, bitter, and depleted, and nobody gives a crap about you. What are you teaching them about your needs? You know what you're teaching them? You're teaching them your needs just don't matter, that their needs trump yours every single time, that what they need will always come at the expense of what you need. Don't teach people that. If you don't honor your needs by meeting them, no one else will. Point number three, holding to your boundaries when it comes to what you need keeps the right people in your life and the wrong people out of your life. And most people get it twisted. Most people don't hold to their boundaries. So they keep the wrong people in their lives and the right people out of their lives because the right people for you as the version of you who has sacred and protected boundaries, healthy boundaries, is not going to want to have to do, is not going to want anything to do with the you that's a hot mess. Let's just be clear. The you that knows how to create and protect healthy boundaries is not the you who's sitting here not honoring any of her boundaries. And the right people who are meant for you will not step into your hot mess life that way. You got to clean it up to open up the space for them to show up in it, period. So, Jaya John in a book called Freedom, Medicine Word, Medicine Word for Your Brave Revolution. And I guess it's Medicine Words. But anyway, Jaya John, her book is called Freedom, Medicine Word for Your Brave Revolution. She said, 
Your boundary need not always be an angry electric fence that shocks those who touch it. It can be a consistent light around you that announces, I will be treated sacredly. Let me read that quote because it's so peaceful and it's so strong and it's so clear, right? Boundaries don't have to be angry electric fences. So Jaya John in Freedom said, your boundary need not always be an angry electric fence that shocks those who touch it. It can be a consistent light around you that announces, I will be treated sacredly. How are you moving through your life? Showing people, not telling people, because you can tell people stuff, but then when your behavior goes against what the words that just came out of your mouth, it sort of makes those words null and void. But how are you showing up in every arena of your life? How are you presenting yourself? Basically showing people that you will be treated sacredly, that you will be respected, that your boundaries will be honored, that you will be treated sacredly? Or are you bending your boundaries to get other people's approval and praise and love? Are you bending your boundaries because you're afraid that if you hold to them, people will abandon and leave you and reject you? How are you showing people by the way you show up to life that your boundaries are for real, that they're not going anywhere, and that if those people are to remain a part of your life, they will treat your boundaries sacredly. How long will you wait to begin doing that? Holding to your boundaries so the right people can come in and the wrong people can go out. How long will you wait? Point number four, when you change your mind, you change your life. And sometimes that requires needing to change your environment first. So let me tell you where this comes from. This sounds a little like backwards. Okay. The other day I was, I was reading a quote by Abraham Hicks and I love the work of Abraham Hicks. Really love it. I've listened to uh, Esther for years. And one of the quotes I saw by Abraham Hicks says the following, you don't have to go someplace else to be different in the place you're in. And when you're different in the place that you're in, the place that you're in will transform and transform quickly. Let me read that. It takes a minute for this to soak in. So Abraham Hicks said, you don't have to go someplace else to be different in the place you're in. And when you're different in the place that you're in, the place that you're in will transform and transform quickly. So so I love most of Abraham's stuff, but I'm going to agree and disagree with this. Okay. So the part that I agree with is that as Rumi said, wherever you are, be the soul of that place. Wherever you are, be the soul of that place. So, so wherever you stand, all of you should stand with you. Whatever room you enter, all of you should go with you. However, here, here comes the butt. Here comes, so, so, so it means like undo everything I just said. Here comes the butt. There are environments in which it feels safe and easy to be all of who you are. And there are environments in which it feels absolutely unsafe to be all of who you are. And if you are living in a context or environment in which you do not feel free to be fully you, it will take much more effort. 
It will take much more energy. It will take much more effort. It will take so much more work to fully show up to life in a place that does not feel safe than in one that does. And yes, you can change your mind and you can create safety from within. And yes, safety is a perception and the only safety anybody ever really has is within themselves, period. External safety is a myth. However, this is, this is where I'm, so Abraham says, you don't have to go someplace else to be different in the place you're in. And when you're different in the place that you're in, the place you're in will transform and transform quickly. I believe all that. I've seen it in my own life happen. But do you know what really happens that makes the whole, the place you're in will transform and transform quickly? When you stop waiting for your life to get better, when you stop waiting for things to change and you go out and you change them yourself, when you stop waiting for, for I need everything to fall into place and I need everything to come together. And I, you know, when you stop doing all that shit and you just go, I'm done with this. And then you get up and change things. That's when you in the same environment you're currently in have become different in the place that you're in. And then the place that you're in transforms, not because you sat in a chair and meditated for hours and you became this future version of yourself and you did nothing, but because even a little bit of the stepping into who you really want to be now gives you the urgency to say, I can't wait any longer for things to move. I can't wait for perfect conditions. I can't wait for everything to be peaceful. It never will. You, you just, even when you embody a little bit of the future self that you want to be, now that future self takes over and goes, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. Just changes the whole thing. And it tends to happen rather quickly. So going back to my point. When you change your mind, you change your life. And sometimes that requires changing your environment first. So a little bit of your future self steps in, looks around at the hot mess of your life and goes, no, 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 we, we, we are not putting up with this any longer. Boom, boom, boom. Starts changing things. Your environment changes quickly. And then the rest of your future self gets downloaded and steps in. And my question to you is how long are you going to wait? to embody even a tiny bit of the you that is in there, that that is your future self you. How long will you wait? Because you can try to grow in an environment that's poisoning you. And you might be able to pull it off. Some plants grow in soil that is poisoning them. But you won't grow as much and you won't grow as fast in that environment, as you will in an environment that is more conducive to your safety and your growth. How long will you wait? And finally, point number five, here's what I want to say. There are no guarantees. There are no guarantees. Once you see that what's here, whatever, whatever this, what's here is for you, whatever this present situation, dynamic, a job, a relationship, a friendship, a family dynamic, a business, a partnership, whatever this, whatever your here is, once you see that what's here is not enough, you have to trust yourself enough to direct your focus, time, and energy in a direction that could be enough. Know that, notice I didn't say will be enough. Nobody knows. Like you could look at your, your hot mess situation and go, this is not enough. And then you, you flit, flit somewhere else and you go, well, that wasn't enough either. Who knows what's on the other side of this? But you know what you do know? You do know that what's here is not enough. 
So regardless of what you find on the other door, on the other side of the door, you got to go over there because you've already made, you've already come to a conclusion about what's here. And either way, there are no guarantees. Here or there, there are no guarantees. Now you can stay safe in the not enoughness you know, rather than venturing into the uncharted territory of what could be on the other side of the door. But the reality is, is if something is not enough, it is not enough. That's not going to change the longer you stay in it. And this brings me to a quote that I, I posted on Instagram a few months back that I absolutely adore. And I don't know who said this, but here's the quote. Sometimes we want greater clarity when what we need is deeper trust. Let me say it again. Sometimes what we want is greater clarity when what we need is deeper trust. How long will you wait? Are you waiting on clarity? Is that your excuse? Are you waiting to, to have more information, more confirmation of what you already know is going on? Are you just, what else do you need to know about the current what's here that you don't already know? Sometimes we want greater clarity when what we need is deeper trust. Where's your trust? Are you waiting on it to show up? Because trust doesn't show up because you want it to. Trust shows up because you believe it will. Let me say that again. Trust doesn't show up because you want it to. Trust shows up because you believe it will and because you act as if it already is there. So final point to this episode that's really having you ask the question, having me ask myself the question, how long will I wait? Here's the final point. And it's a quote that I absolutely love. I don't know who said this. Friendly reminder, not everyone you lose is a loss. Just saying. Not everyone you lose is a loss. You better count who's in your inner circle. I'm currently writing a book that I've wanted to write for two years about inner circle or inner cage. And I'm talking about this at length in the book. Not everyone you lose is a loss, my friend. Some people needed to go a long time ago and you just kept them hanging around because you were afraid to have the space open. You were afraid that there would be nobody else to fill the space. But here's the thing. Not everyone you lose is a loss. Friendly reminder. So this week, ask yourself, how long will you wait for the rest of your life, for the things that you want, for the dreams that you have, to end things that are not working for you, to quit that job that is sucking your soul dry, to start that business that could revolutionize your confidence in your life? How long will you wait? And how long do you actually think you get to wait before this lifetime is done? This is a very short lifespan. Blink of an eye, it's gone. You don't have forever to sit on the fence of your life. So ask yourself the question, how long will I wait? And when I get to the end of my life, will my waiting have been worth it? Will my waiting have been worth it? All right, everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of She Runs the Show. Please share this with somebody you know who really needs to hear it. And I look forward to talking to you on the next episode of She Runs the Show. 